Well, central bank governors have been trying to sound dovish, but it doesn't seem to be working. The markets are increasingly hopeful that an end to the gloomy days of COVID will soon be behind us, and bonds are being sold off like they're going out of fashion, pushing yields to post-pandemic highs, none more so than in Australia. Also, a steepening yield curve in the United States. Does that suggest that rate rises could happen next year, irrespective of what Jerome Powell is trying to signal? And the Aussie dollar passed the US 80 cent mark for a while last night. It's Friday, the 26th of February, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a big rise in bond yields this morning. Ten-year treasuries are now up over 1.5%. That's an 11 basis point rise. Another uh, pandemic high. It's not quite as sharp a rise in uh, longer-term bonds, but much steeper in five years. And Canadian 10-year yields are up 14 basis points. Australia is also seeing this sell-off. Ten-year bond yields are up 14 basis points to 1.9%, the highest in almost two years. Yields also rising in Europe, but not quite as much, it's fair to say. Seven basis points for 10 years in Germany and France, 11 in Italy, five in the UK. And US equities are falling, particularly in for tech stocks, a 2.7% fall in the Nasdaq, 1.9% 0.9% for the S&P 500, 1.1% down for the Dow. Falls across uh, Europe as well. The DAX is down 0.7%, a lesser fall for the FTSE. It's actually down about 0.1%. And the US dollar is back on its way down as well. The DXY has lost 0.4%, getting down to April 2018 levels. But that's not helped the Aussie dollar or the pound. They're both down almost half a percent as well. The gains have been in the euro, more than half a percent up, with a fall in commodities, uh, although oil, WTI, is uh, uh, is uh, uh, up a little bit, even though Brent is down. And copper, well, it had to stop sometime. It's down 0.3%. So another morning where we wake up to a big sell-off of bonds. Gavin Friend has been following it all from NAB in London. So why is Australia so front and centre in all of this? More than Europe, for example. I, I guess, that I mean, there's less positive sentiment for Europe, so maybe that's something to do with it. But we, we, and we also had the RBA, of course, announcing that big buyback of government bonds yesterday. I don't know if that's something to do with it, but uh, we, we certainly have taken the centre court on this, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, the reflation trade takes another step forward. The focus remains on, as you say, the sell-off in the bond markets uh, right, right around the world, really. Um, and it has turned into a bit of a rout on Thursday, and that's putting... Um, or increasing some downward pressure on stocks, and particularly those that have performed very well, such as tech stocks. Uh, and we'll, we, you know, we'll come on to that in a second. In terms of um, why Australia, I mean, it's not just Australia. I would say, as the as Thursday has worn on, it is increasingly the US uh, that's front and centre, and that's you know the yield the yield moves we've seen. We've seen some big breaks in, in, in important levels. For instance, US ten year yields have gone through one fifty at one stage and accelerated up to 160. Um, even the belly of the curve, the five-year uh, yields rose from, well, just below 0.6 this morning, uh, so 0.6 Thursday morning to 0.85 at one stage. Um, everything, you know, a big melt up uh, in yields, uh, lots of uh, duration hedging and, and covering, short covering, um, the market's been clearly spooked by this, and so I think the technical breaks of 150 in the tens, US tens, was you know sh- that that added to the move 
the ferocity of the move, some short covering, that kind of so stuff. So what's what's what, um, but what's driving it? Because I mean, we uh, the uh, central banks have tried to be as dovish as possible. This is obviously an expectation that things are going to get better quicker. Uh, I mean, these these rates are rising because of good news, isn't it? It's not because of inflation concerns. It's because we're looking and thinking we're going to get out of this thing fairly quickly. Well, it, indeed. I mean, that's the primary driver. The um, that um, you know we've got this increasing broad confidence that in the US, the UK, and with something of a lag. Europe, you know, these have been economies uh, in lockdown for many weeks and months. And, you know, the market is wholesale understanding and realizing there's going to be something of a boom in Q2 and Q3, providing, you know, we don't get mutations that stop uh, the progressive lockdown that we're going to see. And we're going to get real, real, some really decent uh, growth numbers. Um, Now, in theory, that should be that shouldn't be bad news for stocks, for equities. Uh, earnings should benefit. Of course, the, you know, it's not as straightforward as that. Clearly, there are some things like price pressures going on, supply chain disruptions, base effects, and all those kinds of things are going to impact margins as well, and what have you. And of course, that's going to have an impact on, on earnings. But it's the pace of the move in yields that's really grabbing attention. We can argue that um, you know the, the combination of the very easy fiscal and monetary policy settings in addition to anticipated lockdown ending uh, endings is the driver with fuel being added by the central banks you know such as the fed that is pledging to run the economy hot and not worry about inflation obviously some people in the market are worried that inflation uh, this time is different and we're going to see inflation fed uh, chair powell yesterday you know repeating those remarks that inflation is not a concern there is so much as he sees it as the fed sees it slack in the labour market it's not something that they need to worry about at the moment and that's just pulling everybody in and as the move gains momentum you know you, you're, you're finding some some hedging some short covering as well yeah well i mean the um, fact that we've seen that, that that big rise in five years uh in five-year yields i mean surely that suggests there is an expectation that rates are going to move faster than the fed is well it has been alluding to Clearly, it is for some people. And you've seen uh, the market that wasn't looking for any rate rises in in the US until 2024 now start pulling that closer into 2023. Um, You know, only time will tell. I mean, you could take a view on this and say that, um, of course, we're going to get these. We've seen some big rises in savings rates around the world, particularly in the US, in the UK. There's a lot of pent up demand there forced savings because people couldn't spend their money and a lot of this money will get put to work i suspect um there's a debate about that um but that's you know that's that's helping to drive the move and you you could say that well after we get the sugar rush from this are we not going to just you know see growth rates kind of um you know so stabilize a bit and uh, we'll, we'll go back to where we were i mean that that would be one that would be one view but markets are very forward-looking very excited by this at the moment and um but you would expect yeah. equities to bounce back, wouldn't you? I mean, maybe less so for tech stocks, but if we are going to be spending again, uh, there's no reason why they wouldn't be, that uh, they'd be back on the rise. Well, that's right. But of course, as yields go up, you know, you tighten financial conditions at the moment, whereas we're seeing today in the tech stocks, those, those, those stocks that have risen the most are being hit the hardest. And so, you know, if, you've, if, if this turns into a bigger equity market route, then of course, you're going to get a tightening conditions both from one side of higher yields and from lower stock markets and so you would imagine that markets will find some kind of equilibrium here at some point um but to your point yes um you know you'd imagine that overall very so early in what what is going to be a global growth boom for the next couple of quarters 
notwithstanding what goes on with COVID, uh, you would think that would be broadly equity market sensitive overall. We just have a we, we have we have we have a, uh, a bond market route going on at the moment, which is um, which is taking a lot of people by surprise. To your question about to your question about Australia, why is Australia front and centre in this? Of course, Australia's economy, like New Zealand, is doing well. The labour market, I think, is key. Um, the labour market in Australia, you've got a declining unemployment rate. You compare that to somewhere like the UK, where we're still adding to the furlough scheme. It's likely that the unemployment rate will deteriorate further. And so markets are so selectively looking at central banks and saying, well, you know, how convinced or how convicted are you going to be to this? And you could take the view that someone like Australia, the RBA, won't have the conviction to double down on this, that maybe the Bank of England or even the Fed that think, you know, there are no price pressures uh, anytime soon. You know, there's no way that we're going to back away from this policy. And so I think you're seeing that Australia, you're seeing that in New Zealand. And selectively, this is where, you know, people are, 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 are querying whether those central banks, where the labour markets are improving the, the, the fastest and the most, will actually... Um, you know, well, the RBNZ wasn't wasn't you know there's one central bank that wasn't totally dismissing the idea that they might have a, a rate rise next year. I mean, they didn't dis- they didn't say they will, but they didn't say they wouldn't either. So uh, there's uh, there's not much bad news, is there? Is that what's giving this enthusiasm? Because it's it's largely either no news or good news. So, for example, uh, durable goods orders in the US for January three percent up, which is much more than expected. Those weekly jobless claims overnight seven hundred thirty thousand for the week of February the twentieth, down from. Uh, 841,000 the week before so that's also a much better outcome than expected and of course vaccines are being rolled out around the world as well so it is you know it is sunny uplands stuff isn't it yeah good news is good news i mean i would just caution on the uh, durable goods in terms of the headline was good but when you looked at the core numbers the uh, ex-aircraft uh, capital goods number uh, numbers they were only up 0.5%, which was below the consensus. But you're right, you know, things like um, jobless claims, you know, we've dipped below 800,000 and the market seems to think that that's now, you know, setting the scene for a gradual trend lower in that. Um, and uh, to your point, I mean, it is it is really the vaccine, isn't it? The, the speed of the vaccine. European leaders talking today about how, and the EU Commission, how they can speed up the vaccine rollout in the Eurozone. We know the UK is... You know, is leading the charge there at the moment. The US is 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 vac- is vaccinating at a fair clip, um, and I think I think you know markets are, are looking at say the US and the UK to be the front of front of the front line of this at the moment. There's no reason why really to think that the Europe will be that far behind. You know, they 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 think they'll, they'll be able to vaccine something like 75 percent of their adult population by the summer, um, and so you know that should be enough. Along with yep. the along with the the recovery fund, you know, set the economy fair. So I don't, you know, I don't think there's going to be. It's the combination of all these things that um, that are lighting a fire under markets. Now we've know. got the the US dollar weakening again. Uh, the Aussie dollar hasn't uh, hasn't been strengthened by that. In fact, most of the strength has been in uh, in Europe. I guess is that, is that just because it's it's responding i mean it's, it's the the euro is just responding because of that dollar weakness there's nothing particularly well, strong about what's happening in europe to to drive that yeah i mean it was it has it was the case for most of thursday that the dollar was on the on its downers as you say um heading down towards those kind of january lows on the dxy as us yields have propelled more sharply higher throughout thursday that's that's come back and given the, the dollar a bit of a bid tone but you're right um 
And that's that's why that's why the Aussies come off the highs. But look at the Aussie earlier on Thursday. Yeah, you know, we got over eighty. Above, we, peaked, yeah. we peaked above yeah. eighty cents. Um, you know, uh, and the euro above one twenty two. The pound's taking a bit of a backseat. It's done a lot of the heavy lifting recently. All of these currencies, we think, have got further gains to go against the dollar. Um, but it's not going to be a straight line. Um, and you know, eighty cents is a big is a big level. Um, you know, we think we have a forecast that we're going to be at 83 cents later this mm. year, all in good time. Yeah, or, or not much time, perhaps. Everything seems to be moving that little bit faster, doesn't it? Look, Governor Orr from the RBNZ is talking today. Uh, of course, the government has officially changed the remit there. They, they have to keep an eye on house prices as part of their remit. So it's going to be interesting to see what he's got to say. Uh, also, And also, if he's going to sound as dovish as he uh, tried to sound earlier in the week uh, in the face of it all. And uh, US personal income and spending d- data is out tonight as well. So that's going to give us a good idea of how much pent-up demand there is in the US economy for when everyone goes out spending later in the year. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we saw from the retail sales numbers in January in uh, in the US how the Trump 900 billion tax cuts fed through and was spent pretty quickly and so this will give us another indication of course we know we're going to get another dollop of that uh, when uh, Biden can get through his pandemic relief plan somewhere between a trillion and 1.9 trillion um you know <laughs> Um, it it re- it, re- it really is going to fire this along. Absolutely. You know. And we'll no doubt find out more about that. That's going to keep uh, trucking along over the next couple of days and over the weekend, perhaps. And we get the official Chinese PMIs over the weekend as well. We know that they're going to be well over 50 for manufacturing and services. In fact, it would be a big surprise if they weren't. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. But that'll do for now. Good start, Gavin. Thanks, Bill. It's been a feisty day on the markets, hasn't it? Maybe it'll all calm down a bit at the beginning of next week. We'll see. That's it for today, though. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again on Monday morning. Have a great weekend.